Help! We're about to watch a three-hour movie that might be terrible. Uh, we're back after a long hiatus. I think Danny Trio fans. We it wasn't so much a hiatus of we didn't want to do it. It was more a case of a hiatus of this movie we're about to watch is three hours long. It's hard to plan your day to include a three-hour movie that you don't want to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that it might be good. Let's do the synopsis if you're just joining us again. Based on the true life experience of poet Jimmy Santiago Breach, Bacher, Bacher, you know a name, uh, the film focuses on stepbrothers Paco and Cruz and their biracial cousin Michelo. It opens in 1972 as the three are members of the East LA gang known as Vatos Locos. And the story focuses on how a violent crime and the influence of narcotics alter their lives. Description so long my phone has gone off. <laughs> I mean, even the description is too long for us to deal with. Milko is incarcerated and sent to San Quentin, where he makes a home, that's in quotation marks, for himself. Cruz becomes an exceptional artist, but a heroin addiction overcomes him with tragic results. Paco becomes a cock. Cock? Becomes a cock. <laughs> Freudian slip. Well, I mean, you know, there's an argument to be made there. Paco becomes a cop and an enemy to his criminal, that's in quotation marks as well, Mikolo. His criminal, Mikolo. He missed a word there. God, who writes these plot summaries for these movies that no one watches? <laughs> I mean, it's probably the answer's right there. Just, no one watches uh, them. Right, okay, we've, we've got to get on with this. We've got no time to waste. Let's, let's, let's do, do this. Three yeah. hours of movie. Bacete, 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 bacete. I mean, that was really, really good. And I, that's not even sarcastically. That, that was, was a good movie. Really good. And I'm so glad not to be doing erotic thrillers anymore. That was but... a three hour movie that at no point did I go, oh, fucking hell, hurry up, hurry up. It yeah, was like, stuff. And they needed, What's happening here? They needed every goddamn inch of it just to tell exactly. Our story. They needed. All, I mean, the the first hour was like a bit because I was expecting it to suck, and yeah. they were like really annoying. But the I point was, of the movie was they they were annoying when they were kids. Yeah, there were kids. These three kids growing up in East LA, and one guy showed one guy who's white. Like, well, he's half white, and like he is played by a very white guy, and he's just doing all these LA gang signs, and, and you think, oh my god! And the first, and and there's like kung fu movie dubbing over the top of it that made me think, like, oh god, this is gonna be painful. But then, uh, over some shit, um, let's explain who these people are. There's like, there's like a guy who's an artist. Um, yeah, we covered all this in the intro. There's the artist who ends up addicted to heroin. There's the uh, the tough guy who straightens himself out and becomes a policeman. And then, and then there's the guy that goes to prison. Go. But the guy who goes to prison is the one who's uh, of mixed race, so he's got to prove himself to the the Mexican gangs in the prison. Yeah, uh, he um he goes into San Quentin, where he meets Quentin. I hate every inch of you, which I've sung about a lot of times in this three hours. <laughs> Meets a lovely, lovely Danny Trio, a <laughs> member of the uh, Mexican gang there. So we let's just do this point for point, I guess. I think we can do. I, I was 
preparing to do it point for point, but three hours long is a lot. Of, is a lot of ground to cover, and I think this is one that you're probably gonna want to watch because it is really good. Yeah, it's worth watching. This yeah. one. I don't know. If there's been any other movies we've done so far that we could say no. Give that a watch. It was such a relief to actually not be. I mean, oh, Midnight Thud. <laughs> that, that one's <laughs> worth a watch just for the sheer fucking brilliance of it. It's got to be the third or fourth prison thing we watched, and it's the one that's you know most summed up the experience realistic realistically yeah. stuff like um whether gearing up for a gang fight and like taping catalogs to his like chest yeah. and having been stabbed and shit and like the, that. the idea of like oh this guy killed one of ours but we're not gonna go kill him we're gonna wait until the, the heat's down so it's easier to do yeah stuff like that so it's in like basically say three chapters there's the wait with the kids then there's the bit when uh, they're in prison and then there's the bit when he gets out yeah so the first chapter, um, chapter one, Mikolo shows up in L.A. Uh, he's from Las Vegas, you know. They'd say mention oh, that a lot. <laughs> and he uh, he's trying to re you know get it back in with the gang. He wants to join this gang, and they they won't don't really want him in there because he's a white whitey. Yeah, and his his whole deal is that um his white racist stepfather just beat the shit out of him for being uh, a bit Mexican, which seems really really hypocritical yeah. and terrible. I mean, you know. <laughs> You must like Mexicans a little bit if you're gonna, you know, have a child with one. Just saying. But then uh, he does end up joining the gang because he puts a window in a car, and that's enough. Yeah, it's um, a theme of this movie is just about men just, proving themselves. Yeah, there's a, a theme as well of like um, revenge, like just how pointless it is. Like he he smashes some guy's window, so this guy's like, oh fuck this guy. He gets like his mate who's like the tattoo artist for the gang, who's like a really good artist. He was ne- didn't really do anything wrong. And he just they just beat the ever loving shit out of him, and drop him on top of a fire hydrant and just shatter. Yeah, so spine. they're all cousins and shit, by the way. And they, the, the one of the cousins who's got a, a promising career ahead of him as an artist gets jumped he by gets the the bad guys. Fucked over. Yeah. And I was like the I was like the first moment. Like, oh, that's a bit brutal for this movie. I've been laughing at. Yeah, for... and they they slice his hand, which he's gonna need, and then they they uh, do like a bane kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> they break the bat. Spine, kick his fucking kick his teeth in and he's like in prison talking about how good the morphine is and oh man he's in hospital prison prison yeah yeah obviously he gets out of uh, he gets out of hospital and he's like yeah get the painkillers there dude but as he gets out of prison that's also when the oldest i'm guessing who was who was like the instigator for all this shit has yeah. cleaned himself up oh because um he has a lot of there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to so, do it point so to point. Ba- back it up to the the more important key points like uh, revenge for breaking of the back. Yeah, because they broke the, his, his cousin's back. They jump him mm-hmm. in and all of his mates and just uh, start slicing him up with a knife. And the guy they leave him alive, like thinking, "Oh, he's we've, he's learned his lesson." But he doesn't. He starts shooting at them. So then Whitey, who's been carrying a gun, Whitey's this whole time, the one who suggests to leave him alive. Yeah, he just shoots back, kills him. And he's like, oh, fuck. You know, then he the takes one in the chest as well, and the stomach. So. Takes, one in the, takes one in the gut. And uh, the. Oh, excuse me. The uh, the guy who. The tough guy stays with him, like when the cops show up. and But then Whitey goes to prison. And he has his own problems. Because he's a <laughs> white guy who's grown up around Mexicans his whole life. And is like. Speaking with the Mexican accent and stuff, which was really cringy when he's like on the outside throwing up these gang signs like dude you're white yeah. you're so fucking white just stop it he's like white with blonde hair and blue eyes and everything he's and a like, handsome man 
Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and don't they know it in that prison? He, he goes gets, to prison. Then he's raped a bunch of times. The first gang that hassles him when he goes to prison uh, is like the Femmes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dudes with rollers in their hair and like high, like Daisy Duke shorts. And these aren't even the sisters like from Shawshank Redemption. These just like. It's not like dudes who have resorted to raping men because the, they need to get their rocks off. These it's are just, the guys who did what I was, I was planning to do in prison immediately start bitching myself <laughs> out just to. You know, survive like another day. They found their true self, and yeah. they've discovered. Oh, and they start hassling. <laughs> I mean, this white guy who's you know speaking with the Mexican accent. Oh, he's gonna be fun to hassle. We'll get the sissies on the top, on on top of this prison gang. Get shouldn't really say sissies now, but I mean that's that's probably the nicest. What, I think way that's what they call that, in the movie that as well. would have been called. Like, and he gets he gets rescued by uh, uh, by a fellow Mexican, Mexican. Fella, a fellow called Popeye. Remember his yeah, name? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll look after you. I'll take care of these. He introduces him to all around the prison. He's like, <laughs> he introduces him to like three different gangs. And every time he's introduced to a new gang, it's like, oh, I'll have sex with this guy. Yeah, and someone in each gang is like, oh, bang him. <laughs> He'll do. He'll do for the night. And then uh, he's like, hey, don't worry about it. Let me let, take this food. Take this thing. I'm going to be... And then I'm, and then he's a surprise, surprise. Yeah. Popeye's going to him in the Push him in the prison and just like, ah, you're going to fuck me. And he manages to save himself by having a as of having a saucy pillow fight with him <laughs> which you know we were still at this point kind of in the ah this is funny yeah. like because that's kind of why it's all he had to hand was this pillow so he just throws it in his face and just like smothers him with it and we were still kind of thinking yeah it's a white guy talking talking as mexican as possible and it's so cringy yeah i basically started writing down all these white guy jokes about how uh that's what white people do we take other people's cultures and then we <laughs> fuck off when it gets hard preferably before we do any work and it turns out that's like his whole deal. It's like he goes to the Mexican gangs. Like, look, I've, my whole life I've been beating the shit out of for being Mexican, and like, for, but I've got white skin, so um, they won't accept me either. So no one accepts me. And I was like, oh man, don't don't make me feel, don't make me feel like a racist <laughs> this time. And yeah, uh, I, I changed my ways and scrubbed out some of them, some of them jokes. Does I mean I'm probably still going to use them now? Because <laughs> I've got nothing else to, to nothing funny, nothing else that's funny to say. But he goes in and tries the basically says he can go where other people can't like he can't like they can't send any mexicans to kill the white supremacist because there's too many white guys around them they'll yeah. be spotted immediately and he can sneak in and that was just like that was that was the moment where i was like holy shit that's a really really good idea for a movie because yeah he... it's at the point where it's like oh that's quite interesting this this yeah. could be salvaged and then like he does put the palanto action and yeah. he, he kills one of the white supremacists kills their main, fucking coup. he get, kills their main uh bucky yeah, so like a... he's not only killed a white supremacist who was hassling his new mates, he's also got a, an opportunity to be yeah. the new Bucky in Made town. Some money for them, so they're like immediately, Which yeah. he does. And this guy. This guy's in the gang. He begins to flourish in prison while joining a gang. Yeah. And Meanwhile, yeah. though, out in the real world, uh, our artist friend is... Uh, <clears throat> he's kind of on the smack, and yeah. he's... Uh, doing well for himself he's got gallery shows but he's like can i have some money for smack please and the woman's like who is his gallery manager like yeah i have some money for smack mate and he takes the money and he does smack but oh no when he's uh doing like he's knocking out i believe they call it and he's On crashing yeah and his little brother who admires him so much thinks hey i'll try some heroin yeah. too he goes immediately from stealing a cigarette to like to stealing his heroin it's just a jarring as fuck transition. Yep. From... Little kid ODing in yeah. the middle of a movie here. Yeah. You see the needle in his arm and everything. As they do not pull any goddamn punches with that. 
lot of <laughs> lot of needles and arms. But meanwhile, meanwhile, the, <laughs> the tough guy who like instigated all this, all this the revenge stuff. Anyway, he's cleaned up his act. He's joined the Marines. He's yes. come back out, and he's the good tough guy. He's not. He's not a cop yet. Is he? He's, a, he's still a Marine because he's in the military. Mm-hmm. Gets up in the funeral, and uh, yeah, he basically, they basically cut. This is the, 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 the first the... of the you are dead to me. Yeah, a lot of people are dead to everyone else in this. Everyone's been dead to everyone at some point in this movie. Uh, they like they basically disown the artist to like lad you killed your little brother. Which I think's fair enough. Which we disagreed on this because I thought like of course he's gonna get hooked on drugs because he's just had his back smashed in and was really into the painkillers. So it's the next logical step once he can't get any more painkillers is to go to heroin. It's cheap. Yeah. It's cheaper than and the good old American healthcare system, they can't, you know, he can't get rehabilitation for it. That'd cost him money, which he doesn't have because he's blown it all on heroin. So he's kind of... There like, he goes, making excuses for heroin addicts again. A never-ending cycle for the guy, obviously, because he can't get out of it. And it's a fucking addictive drug. I don't know if anyone's mentioned this yet. <laughs> it's a really addictive drug, heroin. Don't use it. And I've done my bit to help. Yeah, um... But meanwhile, meanwhile... <laughs> meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, meanwhile. While, uh... While all this, go- this is going on, uh, the tough guy who his name was Paco. It's easy to call him by their actual names because okay, so. I, I remember them this time. Yeah. Um, he comes back out of prison. Uh, uh, prison. I keep saying prison. He comes back out of the Marine Corps and is like comes an undercover cop. Yes. Trying to get drugs off the streets because his little brother got you know killed by drugs. So he's really passionate about saving saving the streets from the drugs. Um, Did you bang nothing on the table? To oh, make sorry. It Excited, getting getting passionate about this movie. Didn't get the justice it deserved. So now he's he's doing a Paco's doing a sepico basically. Yeah, with yeah. the beard and everything. He's going undercover, but he while he's undercover, he finds some the guy. He finds Popeye. Popeye, yeah, he's who, out of prison. Who's he's been released from prison with the aid of um, Whitey, who's, who's gone up the ladder. Learned, who's sort of been educating himself to try and get parole, and he's learning like how to read and write, and well, I think. Not yet. He, no. mentioned, he mentioned that he, he learned to read and write in prison, so I'm no, guessing. No, that's the uh, the second. That's when he's going for the parole board. Yeah, but he uh, think he gets out first, and then he goes to Pop the parole goes board. Out first, yeah. yeah, but then he goes the first time where he goes to the parole board. They're like, "You've just been hanging out with Mexicans while you've been in here, mate." And he's like, "Well, yeah, because they're me pals. What else am I meant to do?" With, with them, yeah. And they tell him to do one and go back to his cell. Which is tiny, by the way. You know yeah, what? The internet. Some... Prison doesn't look like a lot of fun. We mentioned this a lot. They don't give you enough toilet paper, which you discussed. <laughs> no, 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 no. We mentioned this a lot. You mentioned yeah. that a lot. This is this Matt's is... weird toilet paper Matt's, thing again. Matt's reasons why he couldn't survive in prison. Number one, the toilet paper thing we've discussed before. The weights room. I mean, I can't even approach people at the weights room at the gym on the outside where no people are going to shank me. To, to take like the wait, I, 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 and you know excuse me white terrible. power bill can I have next <laughs> on the push up bars yeah, I'd, I'd just get either really fat or just immediately just be someone's bitch and that's how I would survive <laughs> and then there was another thing I think about the prison is the re- recidivism like you instantly go to a halfway house which looks fucking horrible yeah. I mean they're just having fucking these wild parties all night where you're trying to go to sleep so when nowhere to live yeah whitey does get out of prison and he has to go to the shitty halfway house and <laughs> run by Popeye yeah, because. and his, his artist cousin's on the heroin. He doesn't want to be hanging out with him because he's trying to go straight. So he gets yeah. the straight job. He's really trying to go straight yeah. as well. <laughs> he's, he's out there because his prison dad, what's his name? Uh, just, Montana. Montana is just like a guy who's like, you know... Uh, it's what they want. The, the, they want this is, a... The gang is to protect our way of life. It's not to like 
kill dudes and make money from kind of like they do mention like it's really good they mention this in the movie you never see it in any other ones like they're making money in order to set up legal defenses yeah for ways of looking to get life is out christmas presents for like the kids and everything yeah take care of the community they're not part of this is like the whole movie's idea is about like the idea of this this gang is it it's been coerced into being about gang culture but it's actually meant to be about taking care of people yeah that's like the mexican ways like we're all part of the same family yeah but uh yeah he goes straight gets a job uh hammering tires looks like he's a professional crossfitter because he's just hammering tires and flipping them around and everything and his uh his boss a white dude is just like of course he's a white he's dude he's on the phone to his, while he's trying to cash his check he's, uh, he's on the phone to his bucky and uh, the white dude the white Mexican dude is like uh, look mate just don't bet on them this shit so he takes his advice bets on them and loses the money mm. so he's like I'm docking $150 out of your pay until each week until I'm you know paid back and he's like right, you ca- is it? so money. he's like you can't do that to me because that's illegal it's like yeah who's he go- who are they going to believe the white guy who runs the CrossFit factory or the white Mexican guy who's been to prison. Ha 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 Whites win again. <laughs> Whites win, everybody. Whites win. <laughs> we're horrible. I do not... I mean, we're both white and I don't... I do Speak not for yourself. Like yeah. I, I do as not As far like as you know the internet. Do. <laughs> and he, uh, at this point, is like, well, you know, fuck being a straight guy. Uh, mm. who, who wants to do some criming? He starts criming. Which is when he meets Popeye but, again. Because, like, he... he sets up this armored car deal and Popeye, and cuts Popeye out of it because Popeye was a dick to him and Popeye rings the police and to, to sort of tip tip them off and who do they send? They send Paco. Oh, they sent his <clears> own <throat> familia. Yeah. And he they're all wearing masks so he doesn't know he's just like shooting at them and sees like he pulls his mask up and like look it's me you owe me one and tries yeah. to run off and Paco's like fuck I can't let him go. Shoots him in the leg. Shoots his leg clean Shoots off leg that white off. boy. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit of a shit plan, let's be honest. Like, they roll up on, like, a grocery store, and as soon as the door opens of the van, they just start shooting people. Yeah, they do start shooting innocent just, people. Just run well. in there, get the money, and make threats, you know? I'm saying it's the wire thing. Don't kill the taxpayers, because that's what gets you in the They should have watched the, the wire yeah. in the year that this was set. <laughs> should have. In the past. 1979 or something, I think this is. So, yeah, they should have watched that, mo- that TV show that came out. 21 years later. So, Whitey, who's been in prison for nine years, gets out, works a straight job for a week or two. Gets, gets his leg shot off and then he goes back. And he's back in prison again. Oh, and when he gets his leg shot off, uh, Paco is then dead to him, right? Yeah, yeah he says, okay. You're dead Because that's going to spin around again later on. Wait, wait for it. So you're he's back in... He's, he's back in prison with one leg and now everyone's bullying him because he's yeah. got one leg. The white power people are especially mean to him. <laughs> and I thought, that's just not on. That's just bullying is what they do. Billy Bob Thornton's one of them as well. Billy Bob Thornton yeah. burns up in this and I wanted to mention that because this is like the last minor role that Billy Bob Thornton does. Like he has a lot of stuff going on in 93 when this yeah. came out, whenever this came out. I think like Sling Blades a bit before us, a bit after it as well. Sling so. Blades around there and then it's like the, the Texan stuff, the, uh, then it's the Western stuff and then Billy Bob Thornton's away. Yeah. Which so his career was on the rise yeah. and as was Danny Trio's. And Danny Trio... Uh, he survives. What? He survives the whole movie, doesn't what, he? What didn't time he? did he turn up? It was forty-six minutes and eight seconds, I think. Forty-six. Yeah. Forty-five okay. and eight seconds. So it's a, it's a decent turn up time. It's survival, which is rare. But he does do some badass stuff as well. Yeah, he but kills a lot of people. Not much dialogue. So there's like a mass a mass shanking at the like, towards the very end, and Trio's there wobbling his uh, his shanker shiv. his shiv. Thank you. I have to do, but he doesn't like. 
stab anyone with it. He doesn't do the business yeah. himself. So it's like the thing that Danny Trio said, like he, he knew he was always going to play the bad guy, but he wanted to show there was consequences for his actions whenever he did something really icky. Oh. So, you know, you, you don't technically so see him doing much icky stuff in this. He's always part of it. He, he, but like, do it, he like, has a the, presence, though, that like, he, he, as he always does in every movie he's in, this guy will fuck you up if you yeah, get on his bad a, side. It's a, it's a tough-looking gang. Yeah. The other gangs kind of look pretty shitty, to be honest with you. Like, the, the white power guys have like... The, the toothless the toothless redneck fucking redneck dude yeah, the the chunky SS guy and Billy like Bob Thornton yeah. and Billy Bob Thornton I mean in general white supremacists are not attractive people <laughs> best times, maybe that's why they're so angry all the time you know I mean I'm a handsome fella and I don't do any racism so maybe that's it we should so, kill all the uglies <laughs> I've done my bit to help uh, when, when white white fiddling with shit man when white E comes back to the prison he uh, is. He he's getting like a bump in responsibilities now. Like I don't really understand how he managed to get higher up. Because I guess in. he got his legs shot off on the outside, and that, that I don't want to say they felt sorry for him. Uh, it's what I think, I think it's, it's he the, kept his sports book, didn't he? So they, he kept bringing money in. So mm. he's a good end for the, the the familiar thing again. It's like they just welcome him back into the fold. Yeah, because he's, he's stood tall and whatever. He's hustled for them, so mm. they let him in. But the, the, the gang's like, not as powerful as it was, so now they have to try and get the, the place back. Though um, Montana, or whatever his name is, the the prison dad, is trying to be like an advocate for peace. He's like yeah. saying, we don't need to do this shit. Like, I've got, uh, you know, I've got a way yeah. out. I'm, I want to use it. Yeah. And then things go awry. Oh, yeah. His whole, Montana's whole arc, because he's got a daughter on the outside and he wants to meet her at some point because she's been... He's been in prison their entire life and doesn't really know her. Yeah. And he just wants to get out and meet her. And that's why he wants to keep things peaceful. But he goes to, like, he gets transferred to, like, the, um, cause in, like, the visitors area and stuff. And there's another, there's another dude in, in, like, the prison, the cell next to him. And they start, they start pounding He's, like, a nice old black dude. Yeah. He's, like, a lifer. So he's, like, oh, these are the harmless guys that have been there for that long. So you, you buy it when he just starts being nice to him, talking yeah. about shit. Like, just shooting the breeze. Yeah. And then when that guy stabs Montana, yeah. you're like, oh and shit. Do you know what, though, as well, the, we were talking about it. Like, the guy who shanks him had a good fucking reason. And that is so, such complex storytelling. Because yes, there's really, a lot of stuff going really, on that, like, um, we can't even get into. Yes, yeah, because there was three hours of it. Yeah. And it was all well put together in those three hours. Yeah, he, every bit of it is just. Montana's gang, which he didn't. I, didn't authorize to be a gang outside. Yeah. Like ended up blowing up a club that this old dude's brother was in. So yeah. like you know his brother's dead, and plus he's a lifer. What does he care anyway? And uh, like he got he gets a message to say kill kill this dude, mm. and it's uh it's so good. It's just so well written, and um, so uh, white whitey is like, you know, let's um. What does he do? Is he, t- he, t- he t- supposedly teams up with the black gang in prison to take down the white supremacists. Yeah, well, once his, his father figures dead, he's like, oh, they, they think the black guys did it because uh, the old guy got a message with hidden an within Afro an Afro pick. Which is established as was like the... The white... What, the, 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 the leader Panthers, of the black, yeah. the black Panther gang was uh, was using Afro comb all the time. <clears throat> so he, he gets out and they, the prison orchestrate a meeting between... The Mexican gang and the black gang to try and get some peace, and they, the like the, the the leader of the black gang is like, look, we obviously didn't do it because you know it was us. So yeah, we, someone's they would have kept it secret. And some third party motherfuckers done this, and they got like, oh yeah, good points. Let's kill all the white guys, 
And as Which usual, is always a good idea. When yeah. someone says, kill all the white guys, I go, fuck yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. those guys. <laughs> they've had their chance. Uh, Look but, what they've done with the place. Yeah, then this is what we were saying before. It's like, well, let's wait until like the day of the dead. You know, yeah, wait we'll, six months to let things for, die for, down. Let's wait for dramatic effect, he yeah. said. <laughs> so they can play some cool day of the dead music while they're shanking a shanking montage some of the the actual filmic work in here was i think it's the best we've seen like yeah. it was a when the the old old dude shanked uh, montana in the prison he flushes the the evidence down the toilet and then it's like it's like um, a match on action does a match on action a match on action cuts to a prison riot because yeah. they're rioting because their dude's dead, you know, and I burning like, all the toilet precious toilet paper. <laughs> For at, at this point, Matt is standing up yelling at the TV. You only get two rolls. <laughs> Annika, Annika. That's two rolls a month you get according to that lock up lockdown movie with Steven Steven Stallone, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> two toilet rolls a month. Oh my god, you're obsessed with not, toilet paper. Not how man was meant to live. On the outside, during this, um, artist guy is not he gets, cleaned up yet. He gets himself clean. And... Oh, because at the Day of the Dead festival day, he's at his brother's grave saying like, oh, this is our last. I feel dead bad about this. Yeah. And then his parents show up and like say, all is forgiven. Forgive him. You're no longer dead to us. Yeah. They hug it out. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's good. And... He's no longer dead to them. But uh, Paco's still dead to... Miko, Miko. Yeah. Uh, but so, let let's get to the the, the big reveal. So it it, it turns out that uh, Miko Whitey actually orchestrated a hit on yeah. the dude on he his, his family because because he was pushing for peace and Whitey has found such camaraderie amongst his yeah. brothers. That he just does not have time for anyone else being in charge of he shit. He mentioned and established so well that he loses his leg, he loses his family, and he's basically he's got nothing else in his life. And he, you believe it because like he does have nothing else in his yeah. life at that point. But uh, they have a really good that scene where um, him and Paco are having the chat in the uh, prison yeah, meeting like, area. It was so fucking because because they both nail just fucking like with one line from each of them. That just perfectly sums up the whole whole of their story arc. And it's like hitting each one just decks the other one on the balls. It's just like so fucking. It's an brilliant. emotional dex of the balls, yeah. and it and it's, three hours with just yeah. build up and payoff just hits right there. And it's and it, so fucking good. It's talking about the arc of the story or the arc of the characters and what it's all been about because he's, he's saying like you don't understand what Familia is about. Yeah, and, and he has a point. And Paco's like, they I understand what it's about. It's not about killing people. And he has a point. And it's just they both write, but if they could only see. Uh, and Miko even says like I forgive you for shooting my leg off which is pretty ball of them and it's like because we're family we're in the same gang we're all so blood related but this is the point where Paco says like you're dead to me yeah (laughs) so it's gone again full circle Uh, and nothing so fucking good I mean um, Mikolo Mikolaj as this point become the the head of his gang there but the gang's beat right so the prison are going to split the gang up to teach them a lesson. But this plays right into Mikolo's hand now, who is the Hefe. And he says that, well, when you lads go to the next prison, set up a new chapter yeah, of the gang. they got money for them to set up a new yeah. chapter. And So, he um, he even says that, that scene we're talking about, he says, like, this is the first time I feel like the truest version of myself. This is what I was yeah. meant to be. I was meant to be a prison Hefe, yeah. which is sad, but 
you know, if you're there for your life and you're running things, you like got, you've yeah. got to embrace such shit, I guess. Like and... one of the jokes I wrote down, if all you've got to look forward to is pork chop day, you're <laughs> going to get so fucking mad if someone takes your pork chop. And that joke works in context because there's, there's an extended <laughs> pork, chop, pork chop stealing scene towards the beginning. So there we go. And, and oh, such a good movie. Yeah, it really was. Because especially that scene as well, it starts like they were dumb kids at the beginning and like Mikolo, who was just like this annoying white yeah. asshole, is in this last bit, he's like this hard-edged motherfucker. One thing I liked about he's it was the way the lighting always works. Yeah. Because they showed the show. slicked back. He's in this this like German chiaroscuro lighting whenever he's about. Yeah. He's just a bad man just now. just looks fucking terrifying. Like, yeah. At the beginning, he looks like some dumb... Same actor playing the same role, which I think he deserves some fucking chops for it. Like He, he plays him like as an annoying dickhead kid at the beginning that you hate but you're kind of supposed to hate then he goes to prison and you feel sorry for him because he's like getting raped by everybody and then it just that towards the end he's like this dark brooding horrible scary scary prison gang leader and it's just so well put together that has nothing going for him except for the fact yeah, he runs his, a prison just gang just his gang just his boys he couldn't go straight and he's got his and he tried to go straight for real all he wanted was to belong yeah that's it that's all he wanted and he found he belonged to a prison gang so yeah. he's stuck with prison like you know he's institutionalised yeah he's not gonna survive on the outside now and when they like, the last scene of it is on the outside and it's uh, Paco and the artist guy at a mural that the artist guy the mural a, mu- a mural the mural <laughs> mural that word at a, the, um, a big painting <laughs> it's at the the Las Vegas Reservoir which you all fucking know so if you've ever played a GTA Sanan, you're going to be very familiar with the layout of this place, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And all the other gangster movies that, like gangster movies, gang movies gang that movies happened around movies, this time yeah. of the 90s. But they're out there in front of the mural. Mural. <coughs> mural. That word. <laughs> and it's, it's, at this point, we've, we've, you know, we've accepted the fact that this is a pretty fucking good movie, this. He puts yeah. it work and it takes an even better turn where the artist guy, who's been a, you know, a fucking dick, in uh, your a, opinion, I like them. In I, my opinion, it's been a dick, and he <laughs> he turns to his like the mature, sensible one, and says like, you know, this this shit's kind of on you. And you you set point. this in motion. It's it's yeah. all this this whole thing. Like these these movies of the time never really addressed. It's like these are young lost men who make one bad mistake, yeah. and they get stuck in this system. It's like season four of The Wire. All those kids in The Wire had such potential, but none of them get to live up to it just because of where they're from yeah. and because of that one choice that they made. Somewhere what Randy made, what Dookie made, what Mike Mayo Michael made. But he says to him, "Don't hold it against him. Don't hate him. He's still your family." And he says, "Like, look, just you can't forgive anyone else because you can't forgive yourself because he, because Paco knows he set the whole thing in motion yep. and it's eating him alive, and he like he cries it out and like actually the actor cries like on screen on cue mm. and it's really understated and it's really good and he deserves some he fucking was the best props one, for yeah. it. They were all fucking good. Like the guy who played Cruz, the artist, has been in loads Cruise, of stuff, that was it, yeah. and he doesn't get he he's one of those people who's like that uh, that guy, like a character actor. You see him, you'll know his face. You know, you've seen him in movies. It's hard I can't to be a Mexican character actor because you just play." cartel members you know and he's been in some stuff and he's, he's, I've seen him in loads of things he's really fucking good and Biff was good in it as well Biff from Back to the Future Biff had it. three scenes in it and he managed to have his own arc, arc as he well. was just a, he was like the white uh, undercover guy so he never got to do anything yeah. and he was just trying to fit in there and he just didn't understand the problems that the culture was facing yeah because and Bing Rhames is in there Bing, Bing Rhames as well not, not playing a big muscly mean yeah. guy 
even yeah. though he was large, he's muscly, like, and actually quite mean, but he was yeah. mean for the right he's reasons. A prison guy, he's like a prison cop. He's he, like prison gangs. He's yeah, like he's in charge of making sure prison gangs don't do shit, and like he can't stop prison gangs from doing yeah. shit because there's just too many people there. Yeah. The, uh, this such a good movie yeah uh, this is the only movie that we can <laughs> recommend for watching in terms of it's an actual good movie yeah I mean I'm just so glad to be away from a rock thrillers to be yeah. honest I mean to be honest, if I never see another one of them too soon it'd be, it'd be too well, soon uh, you know, speaking of which <laughs> before we get to that um, machete ratings <sighs> gotta be my first five out of five because that was really good on every level Five out of five, uh, even though there's not much of Danny Trio in there at all. Danny Trio movie because he's in it and he's a he's a named character. And he he's in it for the, the whole story. thing. Yeah. He did not die. He survives. He and he had lines. Could have done with some lines, but could have done with much more lines. The movie there you go. was good. And so glad to do a good movie in one of these things. What a nice change. We are going to be doing <laughs> sex crimes. <laughs> Uh, we've already, Bronson we've already done ex. sex crimes well, you're saying that satirically like, but we have done sex crimes <laughs> Charles Branson plays a hard bitten detective who, whose sister wife is murdered in a, in a gang in an ethnically charged gangland shooting he has to sexually brush his moustache across many a vagina to solve this mystery <sighs> Sunset Grill is the next one he plays young Mexican which is odd because he's not not that young at this point. It's like that, isn't he? At that point, Peter Weller. Who the fuck's that? Robocop. Oh, sweet. He's really good. Okay. So here we go. Are you ready for this? Can't be good. Be good. Be good. My fingers are crossed. <laughs> I'm really hoping for a good thing. Ryder Hart is a disgraced ex-cop who is now a low-rent private investigator. His estranged wife, uh, something runs the Sunset Grill and is now involved with Jeff, a police detective who used to work with Ryder. Ooh. Ooh. When his wife is found brutally murdered, <laughs> Ryder and Jeff team up to find the killer. The case appears to be related to an immigrant <laughs> who worked at the Sunset Grill no. and an old friend of Ryder's named Guillermo. During the investigation, Ryder and Jeff meet Harrison Shearglove, a wealthy industrialist who owns a gun club. A gun club. Lauren, an employee at the gun club, seems to take an unusual amount of interest in Ryder. As Ryder gets closer to the truth, he begins to suspect that a crooked INS investigator, Stockton, may know more. May know something about the case. What began as a search for the murderer of his wife has has led Ryder into a mystery involving illegal immigrants in Los Angeles. Oh, this is going to be so racist. I can already feel it. They were doing so well. We were trending <laughs> they upwards. They were doing so well. They did well <laughs> at one point. They did one good movie. One good movie. One good right movie back and so many goddamn fucking, episodes. Right back into the fucking racism. Oh, well. Back into the fucking death <laughs> we go then. 1993, you are a harsh mistress, but <laughs> let's see what happens next time on the Danny Trio Fan Podcast. Thank you, Danny Trio.